Hi, I'm Marty. I'm Dave. I'm John. I'm Aaron. And this is Door 14 Hockey. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Door 14 Hockey Podcast. I'm your host Marty alongside John. Hello. And Aaron. Hey. Hello, hello. Uh, it is post-Christmas, guys. Um, we unfortunately didn't get an episode in before Christmas just because stuff took over, life took over. Um, a lot of things were happening for all of us, um, so we didn't get one. So uh, happy Christmas days and happy new year and welcome back. Um, John, how are you keeping? Yeah, good. Um, I had a bit of a um, poor build-up to Christmas, shall we say. Um, unfortunately, my, my grand passed away the morning after we recorded the last podcast, um so that was not a fantastic uh, first thing to happen seasonally in december but uh no we're we're good now we've had a, a good family christmas uh everyone together isla's first christmas as well so that was that was good so a lot of the family over from sort of northern ireland up from england so we had a full house for uh, a couple of weeks it's nice to have a quiet house again <laughs> yeah everybody kind of descend on you i think your, your relatives from australia were over as well weren't they and they were and they uh, took in a took in a game as well um so my two cousins they were at their first hockey oh wow on hogmanay and they were there for the giants uh victory against fife in the old born so no they were well one of my cousins enjoyed the game the other one enjoyed the bar <laughs> I was going to say, could you not get a soundbite from them of their first experience to see what they thought of it? Um, did they, did they seem relatively enjoy the whole experience or was it the bar was kind of like the, the thing that kind of rounded it all the off? The bar was definitely the Surely draw. It's a, it's a combination of it. <laughs> Surely that's, that's what hockey's all about. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and seeing the Giants win obviously is a, a separate sort of third on that as well. Um, and Aaron, how about you? How was, how was your festive break? How, how are you doing? It, it was good. Um, we... Yeah, we had a good one. It was quite quite quiet. We had a lot of family around as well. Um, we all still had that, I don't know about you guys, but that flipping flu that keeps going around. We're on our like third dose of antibiotics. That's why I haven't been to a game this week, to be fair, either, because we're all just still coughing and spluttering away. People yeah. give me strange looks. Yeah, uh, it's it definitely seems to be down the rounds. Um, ours, my my Christmas is pretty much the same. We were um, well, I was well enough. Um, up until the last few days, haven't been feeling great. But um, my wife, um, she took ill on Boxing Day and was 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 down for a good few days. And then, um, nephews and nieces and stuff were all we're getting text messages through the family group, being all like, uh, oh, such and such has got this sickness now. Such and such is this sickness. So, just seems to be going around. But um, yeah, real, apart from that, I was, still do have I still have my gift for John. Oh yeah, I got mine. It was pretty fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you have to get that. What do you think of this? That is pretty fancy. Good for a podcast, to be fair, but my lovely sister got me uh, a lovely new Flyers hoodie. Um, very nice your, your sister is the reason that a lot of us buy a lot of hockey related merch to be <laughs> yeah. fair like these she, she bought us that she bought me this yeah yeah, yeah so me and Dave have um, gone out and bought them Marty I think you're still to sort of drop the couple of quid on these things I've still to get mine yeah I haven't done it yet just haven't pulled the trigger on it look at, look at that lovely empty bit of uh, wall space just begging for a Leafs Bro. and Giants logo that's true a somewhere, wooden logo somewhere like a handcrafted lovely made side somewhere locally produced yeah, yeah. 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 is it <laughs> oh, so yeah. Local, 
It's local for you. Local to, local to someone. Um, it's, it's, it's Etsy. It's Etsy. We um, we obviously we obviously don't have Dave tonight either. Um, Dave um, has um, I think he's been well. There was a game last night. We were at the Giants game last night, and then there's another Giants game tomorrow night or tonight as of recording this and when you're listening to it it'll be tonight friday um so i think with the mix of uh two close together games and i think uh with the kids going back to school and stuff um dave just was was busy and couldn't uh, take part he needed he needed uh, a couple hours to play his PlayStation. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, probably. Yeah, that's that's more than likely it. Yeah, I've got um, to admit, I we were quite lucky. Theo went back to school today, so all of that was last night. And again, one of the reasons why I wasn't at the game was to all the bath and getting all the stuff ready. It's a whole hassle, like man, you've got all this ahead of you. <laughs> oh, dear. oh, John, you got that to look forward to. Um, guys, we uh, obviously since our last recording, uh, things have significantly changed uh, in the elite. I, oh, sorry, the let me get the right name for it: the Viaplay Elite Ice Hockey League. Um, so, uh, if you if you guys are okay, let's start off with what how we normally do and get a rundown just off the league standings as they currently sit on the first week of January. Uh, so at the moment, uh, taking top spot for away from the Guildford Flames for the first time this season, the Sheffield Steelers are sitting top with 28 games played and 46 points. Uh, the Guildford Flames uh, took a bit of a, a, a drastic turn over that Christmas period. I think it was maybe like six, what was it, like four or five, I think it was maybe like three losses in a row. I think they lost they lost six points in total, I think, over that Christmas period, uh, moving, them from 20, moving them to second with 28 games played and 45 points. The Cardiff Devils are in third with 29 games played and 42 points. The Belfast Giants are in fourth with 28 games played and 40 points. Coventry Blaze are moving down into fifth after a really good run of start of the season. They are now down in fifth with 29 games played, 36 points. Nottingham continue their form at the moment. Uh, middle table kind of poor form as the season has went on. 28 games played, 26 points. Manchester Storm have moved up in the 7th with 28 games played, 23 points. Dundee are in 8th with 20, 30 games played and 19 points. And five Flyers are in ninth with 31 games played, 18 points. Glasgow in 10th with 31 games played, 17 points. <clears throat> we are going to talk about uh, Glasgow clan in period one, but uh, let's get your thoughts about the, the, the I suppose, the the, tra- the change that has happened since our last recording. Um, John, I'm going to come to you first. Obviously, we, we were together for the last recording, which was just at the start of December, um, just that tail end November, start of December. Um, and we talked about it, obviously, at that time. Guildford were, were leading the charge. They were really strong. They had a really good start to the season. We were talking about how it was really impressive that they have had such a good, strong season, and, and it was really good to see. Had a slight slump, but they're still there in contention. Obviously, they're in second place. But I think what was clear was about, right about middle of December, there was a lot of naysayers, a lot of talk about, you know, how Guildford were, clear, were clearly moving forward. They were, were, were you know, really dominant Sheffield were kind of tailing like it's just on their tail and there was some doubt around um the Belfast Giants and the Cardiff Devils and about like how they would be able to catch up um in relation to the the, just the the gap of points that were at the time at the start of December here we are start of January things have changed what's your thoughts yeah um I saw with a couple of the results in late December uh that Guildford took there was a lot of the the standard wheels coming off um, gifts were getting circulated. Um, the the lovely ones of um, was it Mark Weber years ago is two front wheels coming flying off. Um, so you you can question whether a team can continue that sort of form that Guildford have had. Now bear in mind Sheffield have had almost exactly the same start, uh, give or take a result here or there. There's only one point between them, and they've played the same number of games. It's only for the fact that Guildford had such a really strong start 
Um, now, they have lost their advantage, um, but I wouldn't count them out at this point. The only thing I would count them out of is uh, winning any social media awards after uh, last night's Belfast game. don't know if you guys saw the, the, the tweet that went out from Guildford's uh, that they're... I might be paraphrasing here, but they used words to the effect of that they are going to be dealing with a giant semi in the Challenge Cup. Um, <clears throat> yeah, that, their social media has been great. And then there's that. That's, that's yeah, too, too much. Um, <clears throat> as far as the table's concerned, um, it's nice to see the Giants moving up. Uh, we looked very much a mid-table team. But the couple of signings that we've taken um, and the couple of roster changes seems to have made a massive difference. Uh, we'll come on to talk about it because we're still we're in January and we're still going to talk about the Challenge Cup. But last night's game against Nottingham, that was a, a gutsy performance. It was a 40-minute game from the Giants, let's be totally honest. It wasn't a 60-minute uh, performance. But those players came good uh, against what is an improving Nottingham side. Um, so... I don't want to take over and go through the entire table because I know that you probably you like to ask a question to the, the other person on the panel about the other half of the table, so I'll let Aaron come in here. Yeah, um, I'm I was... still getting over the giant semi joke, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm surprised um, John had such a, um, a mature response to it there as well. I was, 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 ta- I was taken back by that. Um, yes, look, who are you? Yeah, I, I kind of as you alluded to there, John, you were kind of saying, obviously, the Panthers, you know, have maybe started to become... I suppose, are changing team if you want to if you want to use that phrase or you know becoming good or whatever you want to use. Obviously, there's a change well, there, a bit of a big they're surprise. Playing, they're playing what everyone's calling once again sexy Nielsen hockey. Well, that's it. I mean, I don't think we've had a chance to talk about this, um, and it's not actually in our running order, but um, we haven't had a chance to talk about it because I think it happened in the time that we weren't recording. Corey Nielsen obviously was announced as resigning as the the coach, the head coach there in Nottingham, and Nottingham um, will continue on until the end of this season at the very le- at the very least. Um, me and Dave were talking about this last night actually because obviously it was first we'd seen Corey Nielsen back in the barn, and it was a, a change back to a Corey Nielsen style of hockey that kind of clinical kind of you know capitalize on faults and mistakes that that the other teams make and that was very clear last night especially in that first period i mean first period you you've said it there exactly the first period was a prime example of (laughs) um like you say clinical hockey but in playing in such a way that forces um mistakes from opposition um i think the giants in the first 10 or 11 minutes of the game played shorthanded for eight of them yeah. Um, four penalties one yeah. after the other and like that was that's Nielsen hockey that's yeah. forcing the, the mistake from the opposition and we were talking about the fact that we were talking about our, our guesses and again I guess we don't we won't know but our, our, we were kind of talking about the you know the the change about you know well all this this, I suppose this this hope uh, a re-energizing the revitalization of the Nottingham Panthers following the past few seasons where they've been really poorly performing and not getting to the final four and all those sorts of things happening and we talked about last night me and Dave were talking about last night about the, the fact that Corey's been brought in for the remainder of the season do we feel that there's maybe a thing where it's maybe like a you know for him to become to pull him back from where he was at being such a good level in terms of Dell wise in terms of German hockey leagues and all that sort of stuff is there some kind of thing in thinking that maybe there was a kind of like a comeback halfway through the season, but we'll guarantee you another season following this? You know, is there some kind of long term thing for him in terms of like, you know, moving forward, we're going to offer him another season after 
don't know. And the other question we came up with was obviously Pash, obviously took over as their their kind of their their lead, their you know their director of hockey yeah. operations, whatever it was they wanted to call it. Um, and you know we're kind of looking at halfway through the season, and then Panthers, nothing's really changed there. What's that going to look like coming into the season? But again, that's all early days. You know, we've still got three months left of the season to see how things pan out. But um, it'd be hard to see. It'd be hard to see what happens there for the Panthers anyway. I was really impressed. I, the, his name escapes me right now and I feel bad. But um, obviously it's awesome that we won. But I was really impressed with their goalie la- yes, last night. Their goalie made some cracker saves. Oh, no doubt about it. Yeah. yeah. He, he, was, he was brilliant. Don't get me wrong. But the Giants for... 25, 30 minutes of that game didn't put him under any great pressure. There was the odd um, shot, good shot here or there. Now, I was watching uh, live here, I was watching the webcast, and the shot count after, I think, 12 or 13 minutes was 12 to 1 mm. in favour of the Panthers uh, and it showed on the score sheet. And to be fair, after the third goal, that, that was a, it was a... Um controversially i think it was a, was one of those kind of goals where they think they were they went i think two of the goals maybe went were being reviewed last night or whatever it was <clears throat> but there was i think it was the second or the third goal that they didn't review that the panthers wanted reviewed but they didn't they i suppose the panthers had decided let's not you know let's not kind of question it let's just kind of let it go the way it was um but at that point like their goaltender kind of then lost his discipline a bit and at the end of that second period like he was swinging his stick you could see it visually you could see oh, how well, aggressive he, he and angry he was getting I, I, only, I, I only watched the highlights this yeah, morning he was the, getting, yeah the highlights by, they were showing were, were, were really good by the, end of the, by the end of the game you could just see his sheer frustration just even when he was lifting his water bottle oh, out of the back right. of the oh, everything was just like and then it didn't help that the, the fans the, the BC was just getting on his case you know shouting the usual stuff towards him and I, I think it was just all getting in his head and I think he was just kind of getting a bit more in on himself and it was just it was just one of those kind of nights to the, the barn was loud very very loud very loud i don't Love think it. it was uh, it was so bad in fact that you were messaging me asking me what the calls were on yes. some penalties because you couldn't hear the couldn't announcements hear, couldn't hear the announcements at uh, one of the penalties one of the penalties um and one of the penalties, I think it was the, I think it was the controversial penalty, the he- the check into the head penalty that um, Colin took. Uh, it was that one. Whenever that happened, they didn't. An- they announced something, but we couldn't. We couldn't hear a single thing. It was just so loud. The booze, like it was just like sheer atmosphere in the place the energy that was going on you just couldn't hear anything so that's why i messaged you and i was like what's happening there what happened here what happened there? because i couldn't hear anything it just it were sheer the, the loud the crowd was so loud it was drowning out the actual um commentary or the, the actual like announcements it was it was crazy um anyway we got sidetracked um back to the league before we move on to the challenge cup again we'll, we'll move on to it in the first period but we'll talk about it again um just looking at the bottom end of the league um and and you're right um i was going to ask aaron aaron just in terms of you know the bottom end of the league you know it's quite close there um you know dundee fife glasgow um Manchester do have well again we talked about this before you know games in hand don't necessarily equal points but uh, Manchester do look like they have about you know three games in hand over some of the you know like the likes of Glasgow Fife um, two games in hand over Dundee and they look like they're comfortably ahead of the three teams I mean bad times I suppose for for those uh, the, the you know the, the Scottish teams I guess the three Scottish teams um, do we imagine that's you know what what's your, what's your take in terms Surely of this is, this is just uh unfortunately historically now like every season it's it's generally the scottish teams at the the bottom three or four sometimes you get the, the clan a bit higher but surely that's is that not more of a historic thing 
I would guess so. I suppose. Um, I suppose the, the the take on it is like obviously that you know we obviously there's always the argument of which the best team in Glasgow or in in Scotland. I suppose mm. as well that does seem to be Dundee, but it's very tight there. Um, and when it comes towards yeah. the end of the season, final four for the our sort of playoff final, the playoff you know spots at the very it's, end. It's rare to see the clan that low. Very rare. But I, as you say, we're going to talk about uh, the clan. Oh, it's a shocker of a season for the clan. But let me tell you one thing that stuck out a mile to me at the Hogmanay game and actually I got speaking to a couple of Flyers fans um, outside the arena after the game is how unanimated their head coach is right now Todd Dutium he texted us you did you messaged that yeah he looks completely disinterested now I might be completely wrong that might be his coaching style but I spoke to a couple of five fans and they feel it as well he he's not even doing the post-game press um from what i can see he is leaving that up to his um associate coach or assistant coach um he he hasn't done one of them in a long time um he just even when i mean that game ended six or seven one um to the giants he didn't move a muscle with the the shots left shane owen out to dry for the entire game didn't even think at any point to throw out their uh, backup netminder to give Shane even 10 or 15 minutes in the third period of rest. Um, now, whether that was because he believed that the Flyers could come back, if he is believing that, then he's comp- he's insane. Um, but he just looks so disinterested. Now, I know that they've announced signings in the last couple of days, but even still, on game day, he is not instilling anything in that team. And it's really really disappointing to see with the way that the season started for the clan that the flyers and the clan are so close at the bottom of the table now the flyers should not be in that position because they have not had the first half of the season that the clan have had I mean, we discussed at the start of the season. We we talked about this actually tail end of last season, start of the season. We talked about the fact that like you know, Fife. Do we feel that Fife needed to take an opportunity to make a change and a drastic change? And I still say, stand by the fact I still think something needs to be done. As you say, John, like even whenever they were here in that eight one, I think it was demolition or nine one, I think it was. It was something here, and again there was just no animation. There just seemed to be no. And, and Shane almost left out to try again in that game. And it's just you're right. I just think. Yeah. Something needs to give. I think Fife, Fife just me, need though, to... did, did Fife not change their coach like last season? Well, nope, nope, nope. You're thinking of Dundee. Dundee. You're thinking of Jeff Dundee. Mason going to Dundee. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah okay. No, Fife. I mean, he's been there what maybe seven years, eight years, maybe longer. I don't and know. The rest. Um, and the rest. He has just been there. He's just like he's kind of got stuck in that place, and I don't think he's part, of the, he's part yeah. of the furniture now. And I think there isn't an appetite from the ownership to move him on. Um, which is really disappointing to see because if it was me and I had the opportunity, given the way that the Kestrels have been playing and the way that the Kestrels continue to play, I would nearly be bringing up their entire coaching staff up into the Flyers and clean house as Mm -hmm. far as players are concerned. But I know that there's issues with the ownership and every single year at the end of the season, they are promised engagement. Uh, The fans are promised engagement from the ownership and it just never comes. And again, they were promised at the end of last season. Lo and behold, here we are again. Yep, you're right. Um, Guys, I'm going to... Guys, just quickly, it's happened again. There's a game on right now. Breaking news. Absolutely, Aaron. In the second (laughs) period, Sheffield and Cardiff 
Now in the second intermission, it's two to Cardiff, one to Sheffield. I'll keep you posted. At least it's an interesting enough game because it is league game, so it is uh, it is an interesting enough game for us to kind of keep an eye on. Actually, so you two to Cardiff, one to Sheffield. Two two one Cardiff. Ooh. Which is what we're kind of wanting anyway. In what I believe is this week's via play game uh, of the week, I do believe it's being broadcast right now. Still think last yeah. names last night's game should have been played, but you know, hey. Yeah. can't win everything what is interesting though we we always talk I know you mentioned it earlier about the games in hand and whether they actually meant anything we at the top of the table we really now do have a fairly even keel there's not it's like one game in hand possibly um, where before it was a good four or five sometimes well four <clears throat> but now we've actually got an even keel it's a, it's a better way to, to see what's happening what I'm, what I'm liking is the fact that rather than it being what looked like a two horse race we're now we're back in a, a any of the top four. I'm gonna to say top four because I think that Coventry may be done. I don't mm, see I them think so. I think challenging right. for the league. Yeah, but I think there's a, a a fight top four. Any one of them could take the league at this point. And um, to be honest, I, I know that there was a whole thing on social media mm. um, last week about um, some people back in November and December were saying that's it. And do you know what? I think I said it a couple of times that the league was completely done for the Giants. And pro- and do you know what? I probably said it on the podcast. Um, but we're back in the position that, yeah, Giants are in with a shout. Yeah. Let's be honest. Um, and Actually, before we move on, um, just actually before we do move across the water, as I said, we we're going to. The other question I was going to ask about, obviously we're coming in January and, you know, obviously Car- Car- uh, Cardiff are in a good position too. You know, they're sitting in third place at the moment, you know, obviously in good position. They have a big challenge coming up in January in the form of their next round of the Continental Cup. Um, do we think that's going to have an impact on them in any way, shape, or form? Um, will their focus shift from their from the from the from, I suppose from league to, uh, you know, obviously the Continental Cup? Will that make it have an impact? Don't know. Hope it does. Yeah, we can hope so. <laughs> um, guys, let's switch across our attention to across the water then, um, and look over at the NHL um, as it currently stands again at the start of January. Um, we're going to take a look at the eastern side of uh, things in the Metropolitan Division first. Uh, sitting top, um, taking top spot now, taking away from New Jersey is the Carolina Hurricanes, sitting with 60, 38 games played and fifty six points. New Jersey slipped into second with thirty eight games played and fifty one points, and the New York Rangers are in third with thirty nine games played and forty eight points. In the Atlantic Division then, Boston still hold top with 37 games played and 62 points. Toronto are in second with 38 games played and 53 points. And Tampa Bay Lightning are in third with 37 games played and 49 points. If the league was to finish today and we're moving into the playoffs, the wildcard spots are currently held by Washington and New York Islanders. Um, the Philadelphia Flyers um, are down in eighth place there, so they're quite towards the bottom. Um, it's so, well, it's so the just moment. thought I'd mention it. Yeah. Uh, switching over to the <laughs> other coast, the western side of things in the central division, uh, Dallas sit top with 40 games played and 52 points. Winnipeg sits second with 38 games played and 49 points. And Minnesota are in third with 37 games played, 46 points. Pacific uh, division then, Vegas sitting top with 40 games played, 54 points. Vegas are in, or sorry, Los Angeles are in second with 41 games played, 50 points. And the Seattle hold third with 36 games played and 44 points. Wild cards held by Calgary and Edmonton. Nashville are currently sitting in fifth. John, tough one this season again. Although, you know, we talk about this each time, you know, 38 points. Well, I suppose 38 points is a bit, a bit of a big difference, you know, compared to 43 and 45 and 46s um, in terms of where they're currently. It is, but you, you look at the games played and bear in mind that the Preds had, I think it was at least two home games 
delayed because of the flood at Bridgestone Arena. So we, while we're sitting down in fifth, uh, well out the wild card at the minute, we are only a handful of points out. True. So, and again, I say it time and time again, I'd rather have points than games in hand. Um, but at this point, I'll I'll flip that and say that like, I'll take the games in hand right now. And honestly, I think that we're playing for a wild card this year if we're going to make playoffs. Yeah, I was going to say your your differential there is quite a quite a, a low statistic. It's quite a worrying statistic, I suppose, uh, when you look at the other contenders. Um, it's quite a it's quite a yeah. I mean, sitting minus, with a minus ten is not not really minus great. Minus ten is not not great. No, it's really not. minus twenty three. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah, that's good point. Yeah, good point. Um, anybody got anything else to say on that before we move on? I don't think so. No. Okay. <laughs> well, then, with that, then, um, if we have nothing else on that, what we'll do is we'll get stuck into our period one of hockey. Okay, our period one of hockey is a roundup of stories and news items from uh, locally from around the UK. Um, guys, I'm going to start us off. Um, obviously, we've already talked about this um, at the top of our show. Uh, we talked about the Belfast Giants took on the Nottingham Panthers last night um, in the in, what a game, in, in a game that was uh, well. Giants were going into it. Um, I suppose one goal behind um, on aggregate, um, but they went back to take it, uh, take the game last night and uh, move forward to the next round of the Via Play Challenge Cup. Um, the draw has been made as of today, the 5th of January, um, and the draw is as follows. The Belfast Giants, seated first, will take on the Guildford Flames, which is seated fourth, uh, and the Sheffield Steelers, which are seated second, will take on the Five Flyers, seated third. Um, so that is the roundup. The dates have still to be confirmed, and they will be confirmed in the next few days um, no 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 no. they've been announced no. um, so they were announced today um, you would know that if you looked at our inbox because the Guildford Flames actually sent us their press release and oh. embargoed it until uh, this evening oh. um, but the league the league have announced it so we can actually announce the, the dates um, so uh, the top seed uh, and bottom seed remaining so bear in mind it wasn't a you said draw and I just want to clarify that it wasn't actually a draw um, so it remains on seeding for the semi-finals um, so it's top remaining seed plays bottom remaining seed and then the other two in the middle play each other. So um, semi-final one, uh, which is Guildford versus Belfast. The first game will be the 18th of January in Guildford uh, with the return leg being the 25th of January in Belfast uh, at seven o'clock if you're looking to buy tickets for that day uh, in particular. Uh, semi-final two, which is Fife against Sheffield, Mon the Flyers. Um, First game uh, which will be played in Fife is on the 25th of January uh, with the return leg in Sheffield being played all the way on the 15th of February. So we're not going to know the finalists until after halfway through February. Uh, Obviously that is because the Steelers are in the Connie Cup. So they've got that to play and they still... uh, It's them, isn't it? No, Cardiff and Continental Cup. Oh, never mind. In that case, Sheffield, I've got absolutely no excuse. And I clearly wasn't listening to you earlier when you <laughs> talked about the Conti Cup. Uh, I'm sure Mark will jump down my throat for that one. Um, so, yeah, there we go. That's the, the two-leg semi-finals have been confirmed. Um, and the uh, final, the date for the 2023 final will be confirmed in due course after the uh, these games have been played. Uh, but as far as I know, it remains the... 
single game uh, to be played at the home arena of the top, top main seed. seed. It is, yeah, that's it. Um, so that's 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 kind of how we are. That's the stance on in terms of um, where things are going there with the Challenge Cup. As you said, John, though, um, you know that's that's quite a significant date, like date in terms of you know February time. What was it, February fifteenth? Did you say was the date there? February, and it's another six weeks. It's... We have to wait another six weeks to find out who's going to be in the final. Just... We're, we're near enough going to be a playoffs before we have this challenge cup figured out. <laughs> it's a complete and utter mess. And I know that we talk about it every single time. And Mark continually asks me the question, what would you do to fix it? I don't know. I just know I don't like this one. <laughs> Marty, Marty. Yes. This is a favorite quote. What, what you should do is go back to last year. Mm-hmm. Just find the clip where John talks about the Continental Cup. Or not the Continental Cup, the, the, the Challenge, Challenge Cup. Cup. And just like snip it and just copy and paste it in every season. <laughs> just need a sound bite. Just, just do it. And, I'm... Like, and we should get one of those uh, Steam decks that anytime someone brings up the Challenge Cup, we just hit a button and it just plays over and over again. Yeah, but you, if you do that, if you do that, everyone's going to have to go for like a 15 minute coffee break because it's going to be a 15 minute rant. <laughs> I'm just yep. next, next season. I'm just going to go whenever it comes to the start of next season and the inevitable question of John, what's your thoughts on this year's Challenge Cup? I'll just put in previous year, see previous year, and just slip in exactly what he said in the previous year because it doesn't really change. Do you, know, do you know what I'll do? Do you know what I'll do? I'm going to rack my brain between now and the start of next season and I'm going to try to come up with a one word answer. Don't care. That's not an ex- that's not an expletive. That's not an expletive. I'm gonna I might even write to Susie Dent. I'm gonna send her an entire essay Ooh. on what I think the the mess is with the challenge cup and this entire rant, and I'm gonna ask her for the best word that <laughs> describes it. It seems like a laugh laugh for effort. Surely that'll just be cluster. <laughs> Could be. Could, Could be. be. Well we don't know until we ask. Um guys. I actually wanna see that. I, I want you to tweet Susie Dent. Um, let's move on um that was a short and sweet one um but so let's move on to our next set of stories and i think they're courtesy of john so john i'll hand over to you yep um so i managed to troll the internet and look at other people's work uh and present it as my own uh, (laughs) as news from around gb um and guys i thought the best one to start with was uh an international retirement And this is the news that uh, Great Britain's captain, Saffron Allen, has decided to step down from international duty uh, at the end of this season. She's had a storied career, 52 caps for GB, uh, vast majority of those with the C uh, or an A, and 18 goals, 20 assists, good for 38, or sorry, yeah, 38 points in a a 12-year international career. Um, she will continue to play for her club side, the Solihull Vixens, uh, however, but she's decided to call time on her international career. It's What struck me as incredible about this story, guys, is the fact that um, she didn't even know that there was a, a women's international team. She didn't know that uh, this was a route that was open to her. Um, she was actually spotted during um, juniors and was brought into the national team by uh, scouts, which is incredible. She also nearly didn't have a career after um, suffering a fairly serious back injury. So to come through all of that and then not just be on the national team, but lead the national team is absolutely amazing. And then during the last Olympic uh, qualifiers, or sorry, world championships, possibly. um, I can't remember. Obviously I have uh, went and read this, um, but 
her partner proposed to her um, after uh, a medal game uh, as well, which is um, amazing at the end of the medal ceremony. So she's had a hugely storied career, uh, will continue to do so domestically, but is stepping down uh, from international duty. She's only 27. She's a wee I think the I think the thing to bear in mind is, though, that because, I mean, the women's game is probably even more semi-pro than the men's game is uh, at the top end. I mean, the women certainly aren't getting paid enough to probably this be their only job. So I'm sure she has other priorities on top of this. And I'm sure that, oh, here, especially no, that, that, with the international... That, that wasn't a slight on her. That was a, look at what she's achieved and she's only 27. <laughs> like I, that's I, a, think, I think what, what I mean is, done. imagine imagine the money was in the women's game as well. Mm. And imagine what she could continue to do, given the opportunity. Uh, now, obviously, this okay. is this is her decision. And we're, we're just reading between the lines here. At least I am. I'm probably completely wrong. Uh, and I'll absolutely take a grubbing online if I've got this completely wrong. Um, it'd be absolutely horrific if she came on and had a go at me for this, um, for reading between the lines and trying to mansplain her own career to her. <laughs> um, but, um, yeah, even the, the coach and staff, uh, Mike Clancy, um, said that she's going to leave a massive hole uh, in the GB programme. She'll be remembered as someone who cared, someone who was passionate uh, about what she did and created some great memories. Well, she's done. She's done. Uh, yes, there's that massive hole, but she's like an, an inspiration to 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 a new flock of, uh, of talent. So, um, hopefully, that will lead on to more. I mean, we've talked about it in previous podcasts. I know we talked about it towards the start of the season, where the the investment was being put in. Um, following the the Olympics and stuff, there was a lot more money being put in, and investment being put into um, ice hockey in the UK. And one of those one of those um, you know. One one of those parts of the, the uh, of investment was going into the the women's game as well of hockey. So again, this is a, another another you know clearly she's led the way in terms of you know pioneering some of the stuff and being a stalwart for you know women's hockey within the UK. And I guess other other young young women will want to kind of continue in that form and uh, and, and I suppose aspire to be just like this. So um, great career and obviously um, something to aspire to for other females within the, the world of hockey in the UK. Absolutely. Uh, Marty, do you want me to carry on to the next yep, one? you carry on. Um, so, we've spoken about them. Glasgow. The story continues, and uh, possibly one of the quietest owners other than Fife's in uh, hockey decided to give uh, an interview to Clan TV, uh, or Clan Chat, uh, as it's called, which I think is just part of Clan TV anyway, um, uh, in which he admitted that he was frustrated by the club's plight this season about everything that's happened, about where they are in the table. Um, he spoke about some of the issues around the team, how they're going to be addressed. Now, more interestingly, and a lot for the fans, he went on to talk about the um, current position with coaching, uh, where he said that there were no plans in the immediate future to um, change up the um, coaching situation in Glasgow that nothing would be changing this season at least, uh, and at least until the season 23-24. Now, that raised a lot of eyebrows online because um, this is the same Neil Black who a couple of months ago said that the clan were up for sale. So to hear him talking about coaching changes in seasons to come got people a little bit worried. Um, now, that separately then led to a statement coming out from uh, what's called Glasgow Clan Limited, on social media, which is the 
the outfit of current sponsors who are interested in buying and are in the process, apparently, mm-hmm. uh, or at least that's the story, of buying the club from Neil Black. Um, they said, in response to the recent interview with Neil Black, we'd like to clarify a couple of things. As far as we're concerned, the club is 100% up for sale and we're entering into advanced and hopefully conclusive and final discussions with Neil Black in the next two weeks. Uh, please bear in mind that the current owner still has to work with and deal with the current team and management setup. hence the comments about bringing in new players and not bringing in a new coach or GM until next season. Uh, all new appointments would then be announced by ourselves as new owners. We remain laser focused on the purchase of the club and we'll update you all as soon as the deal is concluded. So it's kind of get hit behind the head and get reset for clan fans yet again. They're left in this twilight zone of what the hell is going on in Brayhead. Um, guys, what's your thoughts? Is this... Is it an ill-timed statement from Neil Black? Has he read the room wrong? Does he think that this is a boat that needs steadied when he's no longer at the wheel, effectively? I kind of felt that it was a, a bit of an interesting statement from the put out at this point. And I, I guess what you mean, I, I, can't, I kind of, I, I suppose I get where you're coming from in terms of, you know, we're at a point where the where clan is a bit wavering. They're concerned about obviously the, how the season's panned out from that. And I think he is just coming in to kind of say, you know, yeah, we know we've had this and we've had this, but like, let's continue with that support and keep getting behind the team. Continuing like with a business that he, I suppose he has to continue running the business that he owns, I suppose, until the eventual point where the business is no longer his, if you know what I mean? Like once it's sold off and it becomes something else. And I suppose part of that statement um, that kind of was mentioned, that they mentioned, it, which I don't think I'd heard you say there, was but the clean sheet mentioned that he that he made in terms of like you know making a clean sheet or whatever it is. And I think what they're alluding to was, well, that clean sheet's going to come next year or once this purchase of this team. And I guess the whole thing of that, that we're not approaching for a GM or a coach at this time, it's because, yeah, because they, they can't because... They, I suppose maybe one of the stipulations has been that they that the team here probably own it and they're, if they're in advanced negotiations they're kind of say, well we don't want you bringing any more high contracts that are going to have to stay in place and we therefore have to kind of you know yeah. to some to some extent when it comes to players contracts they know there's only maybe a year or two years within a player's contract and therefore if players leave then that, that, that way they don't have to worry about those contracts in place however if you're going to bring in a GM if you're going to bring in a, a, a head coach if you bring them at this time of the year, their contracts are in place and therefore the, the, the people who are going to be potentially owning the team by the end of the season have to then contend with the fact that there's contracts already in place for people and then they need to buy them out of their contracts if they're longer contracts than say six months or whatever it is. And again, same again, they don't want a head coach or a GM coming in to dictate then where the team is going to go whenever actually the, the new owners already have an idea in head of like, well, this is where we kind of want to go. So I suppose it's an interesting one. It, it is an interesting one. It's very surprising. what? Sorry, Aaron, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. No, go I ahead. Was, I was just wondering, any, any idea what prompted it? Like, it, as you say, it's a very strange my, timing. My are, they losing, unders- are they losing numbers at the gate? Are they, like, is this a try to Possibly. reach out to the, t- out, out, to the st- out to the staff, out to the fans who go, I understand the frustration. I'm frustrated too. Please come back. Your support has been amazing. Please come back. You know, but that, we that's need your not support. The statement, but that's not the statement that Neil Black's put out. And this is the the problem. Mm. I honestly, he he doesn't put himself out there that much with regards to either franchise, uh, whether it's the clan or whether it's the Panthers. I'll be honest, he tends to come across a lot better when it comes to the Panthers because I feel like that the Panthers is his focus and they're his bread and butter. Now, that being said, he's a businessman, first and foremost. So 
the clan are obviously important for his bottom line and have been for a, a long time now. Obviously, if they're struggling to get the gate and they're struggling to get money across the tables, bear in mind they they went through uh, an entire thing at the end of last season or during COVID when it start of this season and before that through the summer about um, becoming the owners and operators of the ice rink uh, because the shopping centre itself went into receivership. Mm-hmm. Um, he's obviously part of that as the owner of the franchise. Uh, so he's probably financially involved in that aspect as well and probably with what goes across at concessions uh, as well. So all of that put together means that he needs to say something. I'm just not sure it was this kind of statement. Now, I'll be honest, I haven't watched the entire thing. I've watched little bits and pieces of it. It's about a 12-minute interview that he's given on Clan Chat. So there's probably a lot more stuff in there, but I'm picking up on a couple of the main things that have come up um, through social media reaction and the rest of it. And... Uh, Separately, guys, it's not in the running order, but uh, what do you think about their new captain? Yeah, seen that. Um, it was uh, Peaks coming in as their, as their new captain. Um, Craig Peacock, after Matthew I, Wah, departed uh, Glasgow for Pastures New. and uh, Peaks is a... Well, he's, he's a known quantity to us. Uh, I've got one of his jerseys, game-worn, hanging up uh, in the wardrobe there. Absolutely loved him in Belfast, but to me, he hasn't done much since he moved to Scotland. You know, the question is, does he have to be, you know, the, the, I suppose the argument would be, you know, whether or not he has to be the, the top performer in terms of, you know, quality of, of performances each week, or is it just behind the, behind the you know, behind the, behind the curtain, back, you know, I was about to say backstage, not backstage, um, off ice, you know. In the locker room? In the locker room, you know. Is he, he the one getting the team together? Is he giving the motivation? Is he helping the coaching? At this stage, you yeah, he's, he's, he's a, you know, at this stage, he's, a, he's an age where, you know, he is kind of more of a, a veteran, should we say, even though he's still quite, like, you know, you can still imagine him as this young, this young buck he was in Belfast, but yeah, I mean, he's been around and he knows his stuff and I guess maybe that's the reason why, one of the big reasons why they brought him in is, is, the, is the, they announced him as the, as the, um, as the captain, I suppose. Isn't it interesting to see Peaks be the the veteran guy in the locker room now? It really is, though. Um, and when it was announced, I was like, you know what? Fair play, fair play to him for for being you know um, awarded that. But yeah, I think it's it's quite interesting that. Uh, yeah. Luck, yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, hope he hope he sees that franchise and steers it well as the the captain on the ice there. Guys, I've I am got just one reading more. that there. Sorry, it does. Uh, reading more into the post is it's been most uplifting for everyone to see the Purple Army turn out in their continued numbers. So, in, a, in his own statement, it's maybe not about the gate. It, it just it seems, are they it seems are like, they coming out in the the right numbers? In, in the right numbers, particularly in recent games, it's been superb and it's keeping everyone buoyant for future prospects. Well, there it is. I guess it's keeping everyone buoyant, keeping the numbers in getting the numbers high so that the people are still interested in buying it and that they can, uh, if the numbers are high, this is the money that I want you to buy the club for. I am. Um, I believe the usual um, Boxing Day, Belfast Giants versus um, Glasgow Clan game, I still believe that was that was still a high gate. I still believe that was quite a pretty much a practically a sort of seller game. So, um, From what I hear, though, there was a huge number of Belfast fans yeah, in there. Yeah, there was, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. All, all, all being incredibly vocal and annoying quite a lot of oh, and, uh, Renfrew's and finest. Being, being inappropriate as well, I heard. I heard there being inappropriate so saying. So inappropriate language and inappropriate language for children being around inappropriate yeah. and bullying i mean let's be honest we all know it was boomerang who traveled out there you guys are absolutely awful um <laughs> guys before i go on to the the last story that i've got here in period one um massive update here for you guys 
uh, in the third period. We're live in the third period. It's Cardiff 3, Sheffield 1. I think that's game over. I think the game is about to finish. I think it's finishing now. I, I, think, think, it I think it empty is about to end. I think it was an empty net goal, a third, game, a third goal. There you go. Um, guys, I've got one last story for period one, and it brings us right back to Belfast. And let's be totally honest. What you gonna do, brother, when Beskomania rolls over you? Besko's back, guys. He is back. Um, now, from what I heard last night on the webcast, he is back in Belfast. He arrived in yesterday, and he is ready to go. He... Um, Yep, sorry. He was at the game. He was at the game. Uh, he was up in one of the boxes with the family last night at the game. Um, and the crowd were quite excited to see him, and and people were chatting about it a lot. Um, but I think you're going to go into the question, so I'm not going to talk anymore. So, John, what is the question you're about to ask there? Well, this is it. This is the question, guys. Like Besco's back. He's taken half a season off in in retirement. Decided it's not for him, and he's been given the opportunity by Adam to come back and play in his second home of Belfast. He'd be back wearing the number 34 teal jersey once again. But that puts us in a position where we have four signed netminders. Two imports, two Brits. Mm -hmm. Um, What position are we actually in here? Is this uh, an indictment of Peyton Jones? Or is this a fact of... Are we to understand that the rumoured niggles and injuries to Peyton Jones are worse than what we've been told. Um, clearly, Besco is here for a reason. Uh, Adam Keefe feels like he is a key part of the back end of the season for Belfast. But is it an indictment of Peyton Jones? I'm going to start off just... I'm going to go back. I'm going to take us back before I answer that question, John, if that's okay, because um, I kind of want to kind of explain my reasons I suppose for, for what I'm going to say about that um, I suppose my surprise is that this came as a massive surprise a Christmas gift shall we say when they announced that Besco's coming back um, we all know our thoughts on on, on, on Besco um, whenever he announced his retirement at the end of last season we spent one of our episodes pretty much lamenting the fact lamenting the man and, and crying about the fact that he was leaving and we knew it was coming and we were really sad to see it go start of the season came we talked about Peyton Jones coming in and I still said oh, I wish Besco was coming back I've got my Besco jersey you know we love the man we're biased we do we, we, we think he's he's a great guy off and on the ice you know we, we love him he's top quality and I'm so excited to see him back now I came as a surprise for two reasons. One, because we didn't think Besco was going to come out of retirement. Two, exactly as you say, John, we have two players who, you know, Whistle's been playing great this season so far. Peyton has had a few niggles, but he, in the last, probably in the last maybe four, you know, four or five weeks, he's been, you know, he's came to form. He's been playing quite well. You know, he's been kind of, he's found a second a bounce and stuff. And we kind of thought, yeah, everything's going well. But the main thing, the third thing that was kind of surprising was because we kind of looked at the fact that like, you know, the Giants, where were the Giants kind of falling down? Where were the things that we were struggling with? We were struggling with the fact, first off, that defensively, we have lost, we had lost two defensemen uh, in terms of one, Kevin Rayner, uh, Rayner announced his retirement, which was the most yeah. non-surprising retirement because we all knew it because it was accidentally announced on I think four weeks before Rayner said anything himself I think someone accidentally said it on like the, the Giants live TV webcast um, so that didn't come as a surprise and then they brought in Roach you know so Roach came in and we thought right great that's a good defenseman but then they announced the, they announced like Macaulay leaving and it was just like where did that come from? Like, where did that... Like, I came out of nowhere. That was just like a... What? what Like, that was a complete shock for everyone. It was just like, whatever it is. And obviously, they brought in this new guy, Newells, which was a great signing they brought in. But I think everybody kind of thought a lot of the things that problems we were talking about and what, the things that Coach Kiefer was talking about was about the fact that, like, 
that 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 goal scoring ability was really having a we're really struggling with that goal scoring ability. We're relying on the same guys night in night out. We're relying on that same line night in night out. And yes, things have slightly changed. And you can say that the first two uh, top two lines are are equally scoring quite well. That that line of you know Goodwin, um, Cooper, and Conway performing just as usual but you know the likes of Ari has started you know um, coming good you know that line that he's been playing on as well with that hook and, and longer you know that's all starting to kind of come forward and then and then they announced the signing of a of a, of a, of a fourth goalie and I was just like what's happening what's going to happen with Peyton Jones so long story short <laughs> I was kind of surprised by the whole thing because I kind of thought well why are we going for why are we going with Besco the only thing I can think of is are we are we actually going to be going with four goaltenders they're right through to the end of the season or are we going to hear an announcement in the next week or so that you know i know the giants don't normally announce whenever someone's injured and they don't announce it they don't really kind of put it out there to say there's an, an injury or whatever but are we going to noticeably note are we going to noticeably see the fact that maybe jones isn't getting ice time and, and is it because he's developed these niggles and therefore the giants are going to stand by him because they always do whenever someone has a niggle and then someone has a bit of an injury and is, are we going to be seeing that or are we going to be seeing that actually someone's going to get their marching orders in some way? I, I don't know. I don't know how it's going to pan out. When was the last time Jones played? Oh, Jones was on. Um, not last night, the night before. Was he, I think it was he. Was he, let me see. He's on one of their last games that was here. I think, I think he was here on the, I think he played on Wednesday night. On Wednesday? No, not mm. Wednesday. Sorry. Last week. Well, Hogmanay Hogman yeah. didn't play because it was whistle. It was whistle and Fife. So it was the game before um, Hogmanay then he played? Yep. So you're so what you're saying Marty and it's really interesting like the announcing the netminder the do we run four do we drop Peyton Jones right? because patently we're not going to drop Jackson Whistle we're we're not a dual import netminder team we never have been um, but what's more interesting is the trade rumours and the signing rumours which are circulating around the league right now so currently the Belfast Giants are rumoured to be bringing in a Swedish winger, uh, which is to be announced apparently in the coming days. I... And there is a young Brit who's currently playing for Leeds Knights, Grant Cooper, who is apparently also linked with a move to either Belfast or Glasgow. Now, mm. that signing is more interesting to me because if we sign another Brit, then obviously that changes things with imports. And we might run import heavy, but that gives us the opportunity to potentially, if Peyton Jones is healthy, to run a dueled netminder for big games like Challenge Cup finals, like playoffs. Are we a team currently in postseason mode? Where are I, our signings an indication of postseason mode? I think we are. No, I think we're in it. I think we're in a. I think we're in a position now where the Giants realise that. We're not the league's not the league is not out of hand. The league is not out of their out of their grasp. The league is still theirs. It's still theirs to fight for. They need to bolster their lines in order to kind of get to the point where they need to be in order to get there. Um, two things. The one thing you were mentioning there was obviously that that signing that that's the Swedish forward that they're talking about, which Henrik Eriksson. Henrik Eriksson, who uh adam adam what's his name from the belfast telegraph adam yep adam mckendry adam mckendry put out a tweet and a post yesterday on his tweet on his twitter saying that, 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 it's that, published it's published yeah, in the belfast telly last time he stuck yeah he stuck and he stuck it he stuck up on twitter he stuck up a thing to say oh he's moving the belfast blah 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 and then all of a sudden he took it down he, he took it down he, it's gone like and but no, the, the, post, and, the story is still on belfast uh, on the bell website 
but his post his oh. actual his own personal twitter has been taken down it's been gone now he did it before he did it last season and i remember yep. um taff made a joke about it like but let our team make our own ch- like you know let the team make the announcements and stuff and i know that happened last year yeah he he still gets invited to the media box and we're left in our seats um but it's i mean i think that far for you to travel we we, here here we know how an embargo works (laughs) oh that's true um (laughs) we so i I mean it's it'd be interesting to see i mean i I think that if that does pan out and that's what's happening and he does come forward and and that's i think you're right john i think it's they're trying to really bolster the team so that it is a, a, a kind of the last run the last few months let's try and pick up as many points let's try not drop as many let's try to keep as many points as possible we can't afford to drop any more points going into the rest of this this league you know, defense, uh, it's league defense. Um, so that's, that's us. Hamda. Sorry. I, I want to clarify something that I said earlier. I said that the, the other signing, uh, of Grant Cooper, I said he was a Brit. I'm completely wrong. He is one of Leeds Knights imports oh, okay. uh, at the minute. So that would be another import signing. If we were to bring him in, the other thing and it's I'm, another forward. The other thing I want to come back on, just and you mentioned there, is obviously about you know if we did bring in that, and we kind of were looking at the, the lines and stuff, and about you know having two, you know two um, two imports uh, on on the line and the goal in goal in terms of goals for big games or whatever. I think was that the comment you made to two yeah. imports for. And I would probably argue with you in terms of, and I, you know, people are like, what, Marty said, what, where's this come from? I would probably completely argue with you that I think actually the strongest line, the strongest um, lineup for goaltenders with the Belfast Giants would be Besco and Whistle. Um, oh, look, I'm, I'm totally, sorry, I'm totally I, with you. Um, you know, I wouldn't. I'm I, just saying that it would, it would give us the option to run with two import netminders, but in all honesty, Wiss is the number one netminder right now. Um, he is by far and away. I know that um, Jones has, I think, two or three shutouts this season. Wiss probably has the same. But the saves that are coming from Wiss, he is at the absolute top of his game. Some of the stuff I saw him pull off in Fife in a complete dead rubber game at about 5-1, he was throwing himself the game last night. Last night? Oh my God, yeah. Poor start, poor start but let down by the rest of the team. Power play goals, I mean, they are what they are. The rest of the game, absolutely outstanding. Phenomenal, phenomenal. I mean, and the thing is, I would say, you know, Jones, I'm not, I'm not gonna, like, I've had my doubts from very, from the start and I had my reservations and I, I'm I'm not gonna, I have and, and he's had a very, up and down kind of season as the seasons went on some some peaks and some people will argue and i've read some stuff about like yeah he's had great games but again they're get, they're against and again there's no offense to the teams but this is against the likes of fife and clan and dundee and, and those kind of teams whenever it comes to the big teams you know has there been the same kind of performances don't know i have i'm not statistic i'm not statistician i haven't been keeping a record of that maybe someone else can look at that but he has had again Peyton has had some fantastic saves this season like he's had some fantastic like I mean it's been points where I was just like wow that was like the, the end coast to coast moves that that guy can pull off is just phenomenal so I'm surprised I don't know what's going to happen and I suppose we'll we'll get a bit of a clearer picture in terms of where that's panning out once uh once they announce when Besco's going to be coming for his first game has that been announced John did they did they mention when he no be, they haven't they haven't know? said when he'll be hitting the ice it's, but it's only been a, it's only been about a week since they announced him back hasn't it yeah oh, but three days the fact that he's back in, the fact that he's back in Belfast already you know and he, the fact that he was there last night at the game I'm just wondering you know are they going to try and maybe aim for maybe not this weekend probably it's maybe too quick but maybe the following weekend I don't I don't know look I, I don't I'll I'll be the one to say it I love Besco the performances that Jackson has been putting in right now the two of them are going to be playing for the starts mm. 
that's the reality. Besko is an outstanding netminder. He's had half a season out. He is going to need time to get his skates under him again. Jackson Whistle has been outstanding this season. The two of them will be 1 and 1A as far as starting netminders go. They will be playing for starts. And that is a position, that is a fantastic position to be in as a Belfast Giants fan. Um, I have, Did they announce is it only for the season? Well, that was my next question. That's what I was going to ask. My last question before we move on to period two, and this is a conversation that me and Dave also had last night, and that's why I'm going to ask you guys to get your thoughts because I asked him this exact question last night. We talked about the Corey Nielsen thing last, you know, and I mentioned this earlier on about the Corey Nielsen thing where he came in halfway through the season. Is there some kind of maybe setup that Corey Nielsen is going to continue on as another year for next year? And that maybe that was part of the, the agreement for coming in halfway through the season. Do we think the fact that there? Do we think that there's maybe something in the pipeline that the fact that like yes he came out of retirement, which is quite a surprise, the fact that he's come out of retirement after you know a couple of months away. Do we think there's maybe something there to say that you know Besco has maybe said, look, I'm going to sign with you guys halfway through the season and I'm going to come back to you. But is there going to be like maybe a thing of like I would like another year after that? Then can we look at the, like can we extend the contract for you? Is that something that's maybe going to be in the pipeline? Is it I maybe think the- you're. I think you're probably. I think you're probably exactly right, and I think I would be surprised if the first signing re-signing that we don't that we hear about in the off season or potentially around playoffs is Besco coming back for another season I think so yes my other option the other side is that he's just like they 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 feel like they need a goalie they turn to him and say hey could you come back for six months like as you said both are the numbers get us to that point again and he's come back it's a big commitment Um, it's a big commitment for Besco to come back over here for a few months and bear in mind he hasn't just brought himself as far as I'm led to believe the family has come as well and maybe again maybe I don't know maybe we're not seeing something that like yeah maybe we're we're not seeing something that the coaching staff are seeing but I genuinely didn't think our problem was our goaltending I I, I didn't see it that way I felt our our no. problem our problem had been in the last few weeks and again we're we're backseat we can't who we didn't know who we didn't know we don't like we're not experts or anything but from from a, from a layperson point of view in terms of sitting in those stands every week the thing that every single fan is talking about and the things that we're seeing is the fact that the goal scoring ability was just not there we're just, we're, we just couldn't buy a goal we just we, can't buy goals we don't, and, we don't have secondary yeah, scoring and we're losing defenseman hand over fist yeah and so the fact that whenever they announced that it was a goaltender that's why everybody's reaction was great to see best go back but everybody's like reaction was huh what scratching well, their what? heads if if that's what's happening, what I did notice um, last night, watching last night's game, is that Gary's back playing forward. Um, so, by signing uh, potentially one, maybe two additional import forwards, what I would imagine is that frees Gary to go back and play D. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think with everything in mind, this is not the time to be panicking as a Belfast Giants fan. If nothing else, this is going to be a really exciting couple of months in the league yep. let alone what we've got as far as Challenge Cup and playoffs is concerned the next couple of months of league action could be um, can you imagine can you imagine if we end up winning the league be brilliant again <laughs> um, from the position that we were in half like halfway through the first part of the season can you imagine us doing the re- do it, what would it be the three peak four peak well, te- technically is it technically four would it be I think it'll be. I think it'll be four, but then you include the COVID years, and surely it's like it's like it's like the last six, yeah, the last six years or something we've had the league. Yeah, yeah. So, look, it's got all the recipes to be an absolutely beautiful few months. Hollywood movie, exactly. 
Miracle yeah. two. Miracle in Belfast. Guys, I think that'll I think we'll finish up there for period one. We uh we talked on end about stuff there, um, and we still got some stuff to still to cover in the la- in the last two periods. So if we're happy enough, what we'll do is we'll get moved on to our period two of hockey. With Dave not being here today, I'm gonna to look after international hockey where we talk about anything going on over uh, anywhere. It could be over the pond, it could be anywhere in the world. Uh, and, I'm, and, and to keep on point, uh, as usual, it's always John and Marty that have done the lion's share of the work. And we're going but to you go know for what? Before, before, you, before you go for it, I'm just going to confirm that the game is over. It was oh. an empty netter, and it is, has ended 3-1 to the Cardiff Devils. Ooh, that's interesting. That's, that is definitely interesting. That is, that's what we kind of wanted. It's, it's yeah. interesting, and also the fact that I'm finally going to a game as a neutral this season. Um, I'm going on Saturday to watch the Steelers Flyers game in five, oh. which is actually now more tasty considering that the Steelers have just lost and the fact that uh, it's going to be like a little preamble for the Challenge Cup semi final. So I'm going to get a, a little idea of uh, how that's going to play. So, yeah, yeah, could be quite interesting. Well, thank you very much, John, for the update. Um, yeah, so as I was saying there, I think we're going to go for a John Ford sandwich here. Uh, John, you've got two stories. And Actually, it's it's one it's one it's one story it's it's one story, mate. Oh, so it is. Okay, well, it's two links. All right, we'll tell you what. We'll uh, we'll do a John Ford pizza. We'll do Marty as the topping and John as the base. <laughs> so what do you do first? Do you do the base first or the topping? I'm I'm confused. Well, you work on the base first. Marty first. Oh, you're going to do you're me first. You're going to do base first. I'm going to do you first. We're going to prep the topping. You said you, and you're talking to two people on video link. <laughs> Marty, Marty, tell us about your story. Okay, no worries. I'll start us off. Who the um, hell eats the cheese first before the bread? Okay, um, I'm going to start us off. Um, this actually is um, kind of local, but also international at the same time. Um, we we obviously um, here in the UK are very much aware of Liam Kirk, uh, former Sheffield Steeler winger, um, who was drafted um, over across the water with the Arizona Coyotes back in 2018. Um, the 23-year-old then moved to the Phillips team, uh, Atlantic Gladiators, and had been alone there pretty much um, out until, well, up until this season. Um, however, there was a bit of an interesting one, because John, you had mentioned us um, kind of a couple of weeks back where the it looked like at time at the time it looked like the the gladiators put out a, a, a tweet to say that a, a number of movements within the the roster um included a call up or a call back um by the Arizona Coyotes for uh for Liam um but then am I am I am right in saying that that's what happened they put out a yeah, tweet to so say. it's 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 a it's a funny one so under league rules his contract and his draft is with the Arizona Coyotes. Yes, that's right. So they they farm him out to the ECHL, AHL, whatever. But it's it's always under the guise so he, of the Arizona Coyotes. Yes. So he's pulled back by the Arizona Coyotes because then he has now been loaned out for the rest of the 2022-2023 season to Miklin Jurkert. Uh, which is in the Finnish Premier Liga. Um, this means that he'll be moving over to the um, to the top, um, I suppose, the top team within Finland, which is, again, nothing to... St- 
to look back and look bad at. You know, Finnish league is probably one of the probably one of the most skilled leagues up there. You know, it's up there with the likes of KHL, Swedish La Liga, um, and obviously the Finnish league is up there um, quite high. Um, so he is going to be moving over there. It will be a new challenge for him, a new opportunity to grow and learn, I suppose. Um, and that's where he's going to be for the rest of the season. So I don't think it's a bad thing for the, for the young guy, but um, I think it came as a surprise. I think a lot of fans um, here in the UK, and I think a lot of fans at the time, kind of when they seen that announcement coming from Arizona to say, we recall him. I think everybody got really excited thinking he's going to the show. Listen, he's going to be going up all, there. They all lost the run of themselves because let's be honest, mm-hmm. it, it, Arizona are not having a great time right now, but that it, it's it's just not going to happen at this point. He, he wasn't getting minutes uh, in the E as far as I've, I'm led to believe. Uh, coach and staff there weren't, weren't giving him the development time, um, although he was performing really well. But they they've seen an opportunity. Obviously, his agent as well has seen an opportunity for his development. They've spoken to Arizona and they've agreed, and he's gone to Joker, yep. which is fantastic for him. Yep. You look at what he's done in his first two games. I was just about to get uh, there. Yeah, yeah. Bear in mind his first game. Now it doesn't say this in this news story. The first game was on his birthday, and he got an mm. assist in his first game. And then since then, he's got a goal and at least one more assist or two assists two. in the second yep. game. Um, so I mean he's four points up in two games in the Liga that's that's fantastic that's a great statement to be making I mean, straight away it's fantastic exposure for the young lad uh, in terms of you know obviously key European top teams in European hockey you know the likes of you know the Swiss leagues the Swedish leagues KHL all look towards those those um, you know those high top the Liga um, so I mean where is Royster you know Arizona could pull him back next you know after if he's performed well by the end that of the season who knows ask. he's still linked to Arizona oh so yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 so he he is still he is still drafted by Arizona that is still his rights as far as the NHL are concerned are still with him and I think am I right that drafts unless they're traded they're for like three years yeah um, so he's still got at least one more year uh, under that mm-hmm. where his rights remain with Arizona um now, my, the funniest thing I found uh, with all of it, and I remember I'd, I'd sent you guys a couple of um, messages in our group chat about it, um, was that when everyone was losing their minds and thinking that this is it, Liam Kirk's going to make his debut uh, for Arizona in the Mullet Arena against the, the Maple Leafs uh, a couple of weeks ago. And the hilarious thing would be that if, if Mullet Arena had been a sellout, Liam Kirk would still have played to a crowd nearly twice that size in Sheffield. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just Arizona is the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> Can you imagine how underwhelming that would be? It's like, this is my NHL debut. This is going to be amazing. I'm on top of the... Oh. Where is everyone? <laughs> yeah. you think, would we have pulled back on the Arizona slagging if... It, it actually came to fruition. No, nope. he was actually pl- no. No, I, I would have gone in even harder on the Arizona slagging <laughs> because honestly, that would have just. I'm nearly glad that that's not what happened, and I'm glad that he's playing over in the Liga for big crowds in front of uh, Joker at fans and in front of Liga crowds because those crowds are insane. I mean, you think about the the fans that we've seen from some of the European leagues, some of the ultras that we've seen over here, the likes of Caravice. Like Liam's over playing in front of those fans. I mean, that's incredible. Um, it would be a different story, say, if Arizona had been playing in Toronto that night and that had the potential to be his uh, NHL debut. 
that's a debut. That's yeah. a, an arena with storied history. That's a franchise with storied history. Not Arizona, who play in the really bad haircut stadium. <laughs> e- you you happy enough then, John, that you to move on from that story? You don't want to talk about Mullet Arena anymore? <laughs> no, not in the slightest. All right. Uh, so actually, that's that's Marty's story done. Now we're going to go over to funny enough John's story. Um, which yeah, I we've, we've funny, had, but t- it is just the one. It is. We, we've had the cheese, and now we're going to have the bread, which is really weird. Um, so it was prep. If- we were prepping the the toppings for the base. Oh, so now we're making the pizza? Is that what you're saying? Now we're making Oh my god. Is this, this because, is sorry, can I, just, can, I just, can I just clarify, is this because, Aaron, you got a, a fancy pizza maker for Christmas and therefore all, everything's all, like pizza related? It's all about pizza. It's all about pizza. I can say, I, the, I will say that we uh, we did get invited up to Aaron's over Christmas to try out this pizza machine and uh, I've been trying to convince my wife that we should get one because it was pretty good pizza. Yeah, yeah, that's the way forward. It's what's what's happening for dinner. Dave actually took some of that frozen dough and made pizza tonight. He, t- he messaged me some pizza. I'm using mine this weekend. Yep. Is that my recipe? Uh, or is this no, your store bought store bought crap? This is. I was sent. Um, uh, I was given the advice to buy uh, frozen dough from the Asian supermarket. By the way, that's, that's a great place to be. But I spent five like walking around this place for five fifteen minutes trying to find frozen dough. In Asian supermarket, I thought I was. I thought someone was pulling my leg, uh, but no, they, they have they have good frozen pizza dough. There you go. There's some good advice for a um, hockey podcast. <laughs> <laughs> looking after looking after people's dinner, uh, one podcast at a time. One, anyway, I smell pizza. Anyway. <laughs> go Guess ahead, John. Tell us about your story. Yep. So if you didn't know, New Year's Day is uh, now. Uh, the day where the NHL goes outside. So uh, this year it was in Fenway and the Boston Bruins faced off against the Pittsburgh Penguins in what turned out to be a bit of a a classic on the ice. Uh, A 2-1 victory for the Boston Bruins, the winning goal coming in the third period. Um, Some pretty interesting um, sightlines, it seems to be, uh, at Fenway. Uh, That seems to have been the the biggest story out of the, the game. Uh, I'll be totally honest. Not a fan of the jerseys. I thought both jerseys were pretty poor. Really? Um, they were supposed. To, they were supposed to be throwbacks, but I didn't like either of them. If I'm totally honest, um, I didn't rate the the jerseys at all. Um, all things considered, looked like a, a pretty decent uh, outdoor game. It wasn't one uh, of the NHL's biggest. It wasn't one that was marred with absolute disaster with melting rinks like we've seen before. Um, it all seemed to go fairly smoothly. Uh, it was a balmy 10 degrees outside. Uh, the sun, while it shone on some of the stands, it didn't shine on the ice surface, which means we didn't have any melting issues. And actually, it seemed to be a, a, a pretty good game. The one thing that I did like from this game was um, the the dress that the guys arrived to Fenway in. Uh, both teams arrived in... Um, in now, let me get this right. What do you call it? NB MLB in Major League Baseball yeah, yeah. Uh, threads. Um, so they they actually they looked apart the for arriving to a baseball field. Uh, it was it was pretty cool. Um, but the bigger story came from Gary Bettman on the day of the game. The NHL League Commissioner uh, came on TV uh, during NHL faceoff and announced the 2024 Winter Classic. 
Guys, it's going to be the two newest franchises in the NHL going face-to-face. The Seattle Kraken will host the Vegas Golden Knights in Seattle. Mm. So all I can imagine is that they're going to need snorkels. Yeah, because that. Seattle is one of the wettest places in the USA, as far as I know. Yep. Um, so how they're going to keep that all frozen, I don't know, but should be interesting. It's actually it's quite nice actually not to have either the Bruins, the Penguins, or the Leafs involved in the Winter Classic for once. Um, mm. And it'll actually be really interesting to see what they do jerseys wise. So I know I said I wasn't interested in jerseys from this year's Winter Classic. We're talking about a winter classic for two franchises that are no more than five years old. Yeah, classic. Although the <laughs> that, cra- although there could be an argument to say that the Kraken obviously being um, being Seattle, you mm. know, they they, ha- they have got a history of um, ice hockey, quite significant history of ice hockey in Seattle. So True. there's a yeah. talk that they could throw back to you know history mm. era gone past there. But Vegas, <laughs> yeah, what are they going to do? You know what? See if they do. Even if they do one of their like cultural heritage night jerseys and just throw one of those on it would be epic because some of the the nicest jerseys coming out of the nhl at the minute are coming from vegas yeah um some of them are so, absolutely stunning so are we going to seattle for 2024 new year's is that what we're saying <laughs> i mean i'm up for it you buying tickets it's <laughs> about to say i can afford that are you gonna do it <laughs> Hey, start selling some pizzas <laughs> start have to start selling some of the jerseys behind us here you know yeah yeah, I ain't selling nothing. <laughs> okay, I think uh, John, are you happy enough that you've finished talking about your winter classics? I am. I'm totally finished talking about the winter classics. And once again, I just want to make the point that Mullet Arena is a terrible, terrible arena. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that, Marty, unless you have any other stories, nothing. Let's move on to period three. Period three is our general knocky news. Oh, where was I? I was completely not paying attention. Knocky news. <laughs> knocky news is where we talk about anything and everything else in the world of hockey that doesn't neatly sit in period one or period two, or occasionally where we just kind of feel like period three doesn't have enough stuff in it, so we throw stuff in there instead of one or two. Um, Marty, I want to come to you first because um, your story kind of rings a little bit um, with me, um, with given kind of what I've been through over the last month or so. Um, and this is a, a young hockey fan in Nottingham who is uh, reaching out for help. Yeah, um, so this is um, a young fan. This is a fan um, from from Nottingham, uh, Sophie uh, Buchanan, uh, Buchanan, um, twenty five year old. Is it is it Buckin? Do you think so? Oh, okay, Buckin. Uh, Buckin yeah. then. Okay, um, she is um, reaching out to fans across the league. Well, not even just fans. She's reaching out to everyone. I suppose mostly in Nottingham, um, but I suppose anybody who's maybe in there around Nottingham um, and happens to go upon a charity shop or um, is finds any, I suppose Nottingham Panthers ice hockey jerseys in any local charity shops um in and around nottingham if you are in and about um sophie unfortunately lost her father um who died suddenly and unexpectedly in december um and as part of well they were clearing out the his his belongings and and and, and stuff um 
Sophie, I should say, and her dad are not in, were not in is uh, her dad were not in, are not in Panther France. Um, and one of the big things was that they watched the games together. Um, a couple of things had been set aside of things that they wanted to keep, and one of the things that Sophie had set aside that she wanted to keep her an item of clothing was got mixed up in one of the bags of clothes that was sent through to the charity shops, um, and that was a Nottingham Panthers jersey. Um, she is looking to try and get it back um so if you are in and around charity shops um and you do happen to come across uh panthers jerseys um they are looking to kind of find that jersey again um so if you are um she has been ringing around the different shops trying to find the top but she hasn't been able to find it so if you have bought a panthers top if you um do happen to come across one if you're out about shopping in nottingham and any of the charity shops in around that local area um I'm sure she would look to get in touch. And I think, I do believe I read up there to say that um, you could get in touch. If you do happen to buy it, please get in touch with the Nottingham Panthers um, team, backstage team and their, 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 the, the coaching or the, the, the office team and they'll happily help out um, with trying to get it reunited with Sophie uh, the only thing is I don't have any details significant details because the information that I got um, it has reached BBC and BBC had obviously put out the story as well um, and I wasn't able to find the information in relation to um, what the jersey which jersey it was or if there was any significant numbers or anything on the back um did anybody did any of you guys no, so i think uh, it's a i think it's a replica so there's a there's a photo in the bbc piece um and it's one of their i, I have no idea what season it is but it's um oh, yeah. the black fronted jersey with um the yellow and red striped arms um I don't. I think it's a replica. Um, I don't think it's a gamer um, because the Nottingham Panthers also shared the story on their social media today, um, and they ha- haven't said that it's a, a jersey with any player or numbers or anything in particular on it. Um, so, like you say, Marty, we're just we're throwing it out there as well that anyone. In the Nottingham area, or any um, anyone really in any charity shops, because a lot of this stuff will move between sort of branches. Um, like I've been in uh, Belfast and found jerseys, Coventry jerseys before. Um, I've been in England and I've found uh, Giants jerseys um, in charity shops. Uh, my brother-in-law was in Leeds and found a Giants jersey um, as well. So these things can travel kind of pretty far before they end up on a rail for sale. So everyone just keep your eyes open. Uh, look out for this Nottingham Panthers jersey. And if you do find it, grab it and get in touch with the, the Nottingham Panthers. Uh, and they can hopefully um, try and get Sophie reunited with this jersey. Yeah. Um, as I say, there's, there is a better picture. There's, he's wearing a picture. He is wearing the jersey in the picture on the BBC. Um, there is a better picture on Twitter that... Um, that she has put it herself that Sophie has put it herself um and it is um so that's it's a bit more detail and it's the John Smith's Panthers jersey um I don't know what year it's from but there's um we'll try and get that shared as well so that you have a good better better idea of um which jersey send, send that through to me Marty and I'll throw it up on the website not a will do will do indeed because going by the photo it must be a fairly uh one of the older jerseys yeah, I think that jersey would be start of Elite League, maybe even Super League years, yeah. um, I think. It's super, uh, maybe it looks, even British National. Yeah. Is it Super League or British looks, National? BNL, maybe? It's, it's past, I think it's Super League because it looks like it's a Super League badge up on the corner. It is Super yeah. League. Yeah, it's Super League desk, so we're talking early 2000s. Um, guys, I've sent you the link, the image there anyway to your um, cool. WhatsApp, so you can have a look at it and see. But uh, that's the jersey we're talking about. Um, it's quite a st- distinct looking jersey. Um, it, 
black, yellow, and then red, like paw marks uh, and paws on it with uh, a yeah. scrape mark. So it is quite a distinctive looking jersey. So if you do happen to come across one, uh, yeah, get in touch with the Nottingham Panthers. Right. Um, Marty, I'm going to stick with you then. Um, and I did see this. This was uh, a, quite a funny one at the... Was it the World Junior Championships yeah, um, this week? it was. It was the World Junior Championships. I'll tell you the reason why I came across this. I came across it because of uh, TikTok, um, of all places. Um, someone on TikTok was done a video and was all like, what, is, what in the clear blue hell is going on on this ice? Um, the... A, 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 a TSN cameraman known as Nathan Edelsey uh, is a cameraman from Halifax in Canada um, who normally tries to stay out of the spotlight um, and he is known now or he's become notorious now because he has become a fan favorite quite quickly because he is cam- he's a camouflaged um, camera operator who skates around on the ice <laughs> capturing different angles for TSN Um it's quite interesting that this this guy has caught um, the attention of of the world, I suppose, um, and quite a high number of people watching it on TikTok. Um, he appeared recently in the World Junior Championships um, in Halifax in, uh, in Scotiabank Centre. Um, he's a former goalie, um, and he has been. He basically his his job is to kind of weave in and out um, of the fray, stand on the ice, following competitors, looking at the different skill, catching it. Um, I suppose at, at ice level, um, and it's just interesting if you watch the video that was caught of him i mean it's pretty funny there's also then fans dressed up as the camouflaged um cameraman in the crowd as well uh, which was also caught as well so there's three men dressed in fully white with their um trying to look like cameramen and they have fake cameras and boxes as well and that's what caught the attention looks of people. like like cereal boxes with the, with the toilet <laughs> rolls exactly <laughs> uh so obviously the fans in and around the arena got in on the act as well um and that's how much he's he's become known um i mean have you if you have watched any of the stuff um and you do see the camera angles that he does get they are pretty impressive and i think this is part of the whole thing of whenever um the the camera or sorry the broadcasting deal had changed and switched over i think this is part of one of those camera specific experiences that people were going to get um through different variations um so tsn did start to push out the envelope in terms of trying to look at different ways in terms of people could watch and experience the game and this is one of them and i think it's been from around 2018 that this guy has been doing this um no no so he's he's been doing this a lot longer um so he used to only come on the ice after games Right. Um, now he he's been doing this in the NHL and through um, World Junior Championships and all the rest of it. The story about why he's in white is quite interesting. Camouflage. So nice. before no? before his first game, he rushed out and he went and bought a white jersey and white shorts uh, to wear while he was on the ice with a camera. However, he had an interaction with a certain Wayne Gretzky. Uh, while he was on the ice filming and it was Wayne who said to him we need to cover the camera in white as well so long story short we've managed to go full circle and we're back to the great one again there you go but I, I just thought that was worth putting up. It is pretty funny. Um, and the fact that the fans have been getting in on it. And I don't know why I hadn't seen this at all. I didn't know. I wasn't aware of this either. I'd say until about this week whenever this week whenever um, I was just hey, looking you know through what? TikTok guys, and it was there. If, you, if you're not aware of him, the guy's doing his job right. Good point. Very good point. He has camouflaged. Good I point. think TikTok is a really interesting place to get news and stuff like that. Or not even news, just things like this on, on a hockey. Marty, do you, I think you follow this guy, Nick the Goalie. Oh my God, he's brilliant. Yeah. 
my god he's if you're, if you're he is my TikTok, favorite thing about tiktok he's so good <laughs> it's pretty if you get the chance and if you're on tiktok follow this guy i think it's uh, i've got it up here nick the goalie underscore one um so good absolutely amazing tiktoks I, I just everything everything about him I, I just his responses to things especially on videos when he does whenever he's hungry and stuff and he just the whole time he's doing it he's talking about different foods or whatever it's just yeah. hilarious the whole thing is just the movie quotes he's, he's, so he's funny save him I, I he's singing won, I was, he's singing is yes. top quality <laughs> we're all clearly fans when I, I watched earlier and he was like you know you shall not pass oh crap you did <laughs> I uh once you get in once you if you get pulled into uh, t- uh hockey tiktok um as soon as you get pulled into as soon as that your your free you page turns into hockey tiktok that's you you're just gone for for hours on end just watching loads of hockey related tiktoks and it's just like it's just they're just and do you hilarious. know what if you do get sucked into hockey tiktok why not follow the door 14 hockey tiktok um, it is Are we there. TikTok? Do we, do we're we on TikTok. We've got one TikTok that's out there, and I only did it to make sure that we actually claimed the handle. Oh, I thought it was going to be you saying your. I I thought you were going to say you were doing dances or something. I was like, oh my god, you start doing no, no, TikTok no, no, dances. No, 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 dance. Wait, we've got it there. But it's interesting, Aaron, that you talk about a goalie because the the last story that we've got here in period three uh, is actually about uh, another goalie. It's about. Cam Talbot of the Habs he has recently gone out and got himself a new lid have you guys been able to see this yep so uh, sorry not the Habs the Senators Uh, sorry I got that got that wrong Senators Um, so he's gone off we all know that uh, there's uh, some some stories about uh, some actor who apparently bought a football team Um, it seems to also be interested in uh, buying a hockey team as well. Um, however, Cam Talbot seems to be a, a big fan of uh, Ryan Reynolds' character, Deadpool, and has gone out and, uh, yeah, got Deadpool emblazoned on his brand new lid uh, and actually managed to get some uh, chat back from Ryan Reynolds as well, um, which was, the first tweet was actually hilarious because it shows that Ryan either knows hockey or has been doing his homework when it comes to his um, potential new acquisition of an NHL franchise, uh, where he replies to Cam Talbot on Twitter, who has put this mask out there, uh, and says, I wonder what the real Deadpool thinks of this uh, lid. Ryan's response was, Jacques Plant would be proud as hell. (laughs) Uh, It's absolutely brilliant. Um, and then Ryan does also go on to kind of relate between Cam's mask and the one that he wears as Deadpool and says that I think we both just got a new mask and this one's a tad bit more breathable. I think having a stab at the fact that his mask may not be the most comfortable thing in the world to wear whenever he's filming for Deadpool. Um, I see that is coming up soon. It's going to be starting. They're starting to film that soon. Oh, sorry. This is a completely different podcast. That's not hockey related. Um, but yeah, I think There's they're... There's actually... An up- I done a quick Google on Ryan Reynolds and, and the Senators because we haven't really talked about that no, since... No, there's been nothing really. Since no. No, November, but there's actually uh, on the ESPN, there's a little article there from the 13th of December saying that uh, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman has recently met with Ryan Reynolds about potentially uh, being involved with the Ottawa Senators' uh, new ownership. Reynolds very much impressed us is pretty much the, the main quote there. So they ha- he I'm has sorry, actually if met- you if you meet Ryan Reynolds and the quote that you make isn't he very much impressed me, then there's something wrong with you. Yeah. Because no matter what, he's impressive. 
Bittman said to the NHL Board of Governors meeting on Tuesday, if we can figure out a way to have him included, I think it would be great for the Senators and great for the league. Of course it would. Do you know what? Do you know what? I don't often say it. He's not wrong. He's not? He ain't wrong. <laughs> yeah, I kind of messed that up. He's not wrong. Um, guys, that is it for period three. And uh, Marty... I don't see anything in overtime, so nope. I don't know if that's us for the podcast. Yeah, we have nothing else, I don't think, to include for this week. Um, I don't think we have... Nope, I don't think we have anything that's came in, no... We did We did get one thing on, on Twitter that I do want to acknowledge. Okay. Uh, and it's, it's Anthony. <laughs> it, it is Anthony from uh, Banners on the Wall. Anthony... Yes, we are genuinely terrified of having you on the podcast. On the podcast, we will get it sorted. Sometime in the next couple of weeks, I will get in contact with you. This is me putting it out there. I will get in contact with you, and we will have you on to talk about the NIHL uh, and the EIHA. Okay, it is going to happen. Just we're we know fine rightly that you're going to come on here and you're going to embarrass us. Okay, <laughs> it's mostly mostly you're going to embarrass me because I have said for the last four or five seasons that I'm going to learn about the NIHL and I never do because I start it confuses me it scares me and then I close my browser again okay (laughs) so we will have you on and we will give you you know our minuscule platform compared to yours and you can come on here and educate us on all things uh, NIHL and EIHA okay so it's it will happen there you go and that's it's said so it's been done straight um, from John's mouth guys we don't have anything else. there was a couple of other bits and pieces that I kind of wanted to include in this episode or was two, one last bit I was going to include it in the overtime segment but then I kind of decided to hold fire on it I think it's going to be better to hold on to this that, that, that topic until our next recording in two weeks time um, it's just obviously we're seeing drips and jazz we are in um, pride month of, as we will call it um, for the elite ice hockey league um, and the pride games are scheduled for the end of January so by the time it comes to our next uh, podcast recording which is in two weeks time we'll be coming up on that week that said weekend of pride um, a couple of a couple of player a couple of the teams have put out their uh, jerseys as of um, like as of this week. A couple of them I know Giants have, Coventry have, and Sheffield have put theirs out today as well, um, and they're looking pretty good. Uh, and I kind of wanted to get them all pulled together so we can actually have a good talk about all of them at the same time and get your thoughts and opinions on them at that point. So there's no real point showing them the three that we have whenever the other teams haven't released theirs yet. So I'll hold on to that. We'll hold fire and we'll, we'll do that at our next in our next recording. Um, so yes, we don't have anything else. So um, as usual, we'll just close off the of the episode as we normally do. Um, we're directed towards our social media, as we've already mentioned, uh, TikTok, which we didn't know we had. So you don't need to follow us there, but we just kept it for the name. Uh, but you can follow us on all our other sources, uh, Twitter, Facebook, and also Instagram at Door14Hockey. You can check out all the content for this episode, as well as other episodes. And you can listen to this episode, as well as our previous episodes on our website at Door14Hockey.com. Uh, check out our, leave us a like a subscription or a comment or whatever it is on your uh, your podcast provider of choice um we'd like to receive those um and just with that i think that's really it for the end of our show just a matter of us signing off for this week i'm marty i'm john i'm aaron have a great week <laughs> <laughs>